Monday morning, and dreamers, you know what that means. Welcome back to the Isolation Station of Love. This is Daz Does Disney, and I am your host. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-Z. Landon the Dodstone, kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news. Once again, thank you for sticking with us with the uh, technical difficulties last week. We had a Tuesday morning Daz Does Disney first time, hopefully the last time, but still felt a little bit bad about having to break tradition, break format, if you will. So um, to make it up to you, once again, don't have a Steffers this week. St- thank you, Zoe. Steffers is getting ready for her trip down to Orlando, Florida. Be sure and listen to her podcast, Adventures with Steffers. She's going to be talking about going to LeakyCon, I believe it is. That's a Harry Potter convention. She has media coverage. Totally pumped for her. She's pumped. And oh yeah, by the way, she is going to be spending the day in Epcot, getting that caramel corn and maybe going to ride the Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll see. But... To make up for last week's late podcast, I have a very special guest. I have a friend of the podcast. Now, normally, I say I can do this ep- this podcast by myself, and last week proved I can, but it's not nearly as much fun. So I reached out. I called in some Disney favors. I pushed all my Disney dollar dues to the middle of the table, and I said, I need my right-hand man. If, I, if I'm going to use some Alexander Hamilton terminology, if you will, available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so, um, at this point, I welcome back to the show Daddy Monorail himself, Justin Monorail. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for him. What is up, everybody? Landon the Dawes-Done. So happy to be here. First time, long time. Um, and I just wanted to say... I'm, I'll be the Hamilton to your Washington anytime you need it, buddy. But make way for the general. <laughs> you know, I've, I think I've hit the, that point in my life, which, by the way, anytime we're together, we're just going to go off on tangents. You've listened to the monorail. You've listened to any podcast we're on. So you're used to our tangents. Uh, so first tangent of the show. I've hit this point in my life where it's like when it comes to music, I think I'm good on new music. I've hit that point in my in, in my life where it's like, if I want to listen to something, like I'm going to throw on like either like some old school Metallica or I'm just going to listen to the Hamilton soundtrack again. Like <laughs> like like when, when Stranger Things season four drops, Spotify put together, what's the song that would break Vetna's spell on you and bring you back from the upside down? You know what mine was? Alexander Hamilton <laughs> from the soundtrack Hamilton. So thank you, Lin-Manuel Miranda from Saving Me from Vecna. That's really funny. You know, <laughs> I go through phases where I, I kind of get into that mindset as well. I only want to listen to songs that I know. And I think part of that comes from like a place of just comfort. And, you know, it kind of eases the anxiety. These are songs, you know, you know, you like them. So, of course, I've got like a whole Spotify playlist. Um, you know, I can just listen to my liked songs. But I, I will say that, you know, when I'm feeling good, I've got I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good headspace. I can hit my like uh, those daily mixes that Spotify makes and throw out some new suggestions for me. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But yeah, I know what you mean. I I I definitely um, I I can get in that rut as well, where it's like <laughs> you know what I maybe I'm good on new music because I don't want to be disappointed or waste my time with something I may not like. Let's just throw on bare naked ladies and I'll mm-hmm. be happy. <laughs> Little B uh, B and L, I respect that. Also, when you call it a rut, 
it gives it a negative connotation, man. I'm trying to keep it positive. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, but but yeah, it's like and 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 maybe maybe it's kind of that whole nostalgia thing. And speaking of nostalgia, last week Kevin threw out uh, uh, made a statement on Twitter saying that Disney was losing nostalgia for him. And I proposed the question to you, the lovely listener to get at us at does does disney on twitter twitter.com slash does does disney is disney losing nostalgia to you once again the best fans in the podcasting game did not disappoint and we have some of your responses we're going to be reading those off later in the episode so i do want to get to those and i want to like we're going to be getting to those later on but i want to thank you off the top once again being the best in the podcasting game but we are here to talk about a little bit of news coming out of the House of the Mouse. And I think the biggest piece of news is coming from the Walt Disney World Resort. We knew that Magic Band Plus was coming, quote, sometime this summer. Disney announced last week it's coming much sooner rather than later. And when we, when we say sooner, we're talking July 27th, as in if you're listening to the podcast this day when it drops, we're talking two days away. It drops Wednesday. Magic Band Plus goes live in Walt Disney World Resort. Disney released the following announcement. Quote, it's time to band. Oh, Disney, your puns are terrible. Together, because Magic Band Plus is launching July 27th at the Walt Disney World Resort. At Walt Disney World, Magic Band Plus can do anything and everything a Magic Band can do and more, from entering theme parks with a tap and connecting your Disney PhotoPass memories to unlocking your Disney Resort hotel room and more. But our newest wearable also has great new features including color changing lights haptic vibrations and gesture recognitions plus it pairs with your smartphone using the my disney experience app once you get your hands on one you'll want to do it all and there's a lot more you can do when magic band plus launches before you head out on these new experiences you want to pick out your perfect magic band plus design from the incredible lineup of more than 25 designs now the biggest selling points of the magic band plus of course, it is doing everything that the Magic Bands we currently have are doing, like Disney says, but the new hotness that the Magic Band Plus, the plus part of Magic Band Plus is the interactions with the Disney Fab 50 statues that they put up for the 50th anniversary, the Star Wars Batu Bounty Hunters game, and then the nighttime spectaculars. Um, we do know right now, right now, and this is a card subject to change if you want to borrow a line from the world of professional wrestling, um, Magic Band Plus price point starting at $34.99. So we'll just call it $35. Um, uh, if you are staying on resort, uh, you can get a slight uh, Magic Band Plus online at a special price and annual pass holder discounts can also be available for Magic Band Plus. If you are an AP, uh, you can visit DisneyWorld.com slash pass for more information on that um uh eventually you will be able to buy these at shop disney the online shop as of this recording they are not available on shop disney because uh, i'll be honest i went and looked because i want to see these designs i only know the very few that disney has put forward in their promotions for the magic band plus but if you are going to be down in Walt Disney World, I would say starting today and obviously once Wednesday hits and you want to get your hand on a Magic Band Plus, uh, the following locations in 
Walt Disney World if you're in Magic Kingdom, uh, the Emporium, if you're in Epcot, Pin Traders and the Camera Center, if you're in Disney's Hollywood Studios, Celebrity 5 and 10 and Tatooine Traders, uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, Discovery Trading Company, Disney Springs, so you don't even have to be in the parks, Disney's Pin Trader, and then if you don't even want to bother with that, in select merchandise locations at the Disney Resort Hotels. So, um, a lot to unpack here. I am a fan of the original Magic Bands. I've kind of turned into a low-key Magic Band collector. But at the same time, I'm excited with what these new Magic Band Pluses can do, particularly in the nighttime spectaculars, uh, the enhancements in theory could bring. I think the Batu Bounty Hunter game that we could be getting in uh, Black Spire Outpost in Batu, I think that could be cool. And I think it's cool that we're gonna be able to do something with the uh, Fab 50 statues that are up around the park as opposed to, hey, they look cool, take a picture, move on. Um, Jay, what are your thoughts on the Magic Band Plus from the point, uh, from the price point of admission to them kind of saying, okay, your Magic Bands still can be used, but they're not gonna be, you know, these cool new toys. And oh, by the way, you have to charge these Magic Band Pluses as well. Right. So a lot of questions come to my mind when I think about these new Magic Band Plus. The, but I will say from the price point, I think it's somewhat reasonable, surprisingly, um, because they are rechargeable. If you think about an original Magic Band, those things do have a shelf life because the batteries will eventually run out. I think mm -hmm. usually for each Magic Band, they last like maybe two years at best. And then they stop, you know, they, they start to get to the point where they're not going to work anymore. Um, so the fact that these are rechargeable means that, you know, I guess they could quote unquote last as long as they need to uh, forever, it, you know, so that that's a bit of a surprise to me that the price points like $35 for something that you may only ever buy one if you're a person who has self-control and <laughs> so clearly like, not us, not us. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> feel like you need to collect them all. Um, I wonder if they will release limited edition Magic Band Pluses that maybe you know for the different festivals at epcot or themed around like big mm. movie releases or different things like they've done with the magic bands in the past and then i wonder will those magic bands have special effects that the other ones don't Ooh, because so we already have magic bands that have special effects like when you're going through the through the tap points and the turnstiles to get into the parks like don't you have one in epcot uh that would uh oh it was it was one of the nighttime spectaculars oh it's right? yeah i've got the farewell illumination yeah yeah game, that which, one sadly by the way i think one of the problems i'm having is the battery, battery? Oh, no. On that one oh no at this oh, point oh. yeah because i've been wondering and, and i think this might be um why i've been having issues with photo pass lately like my on-ride photo passes and i think it might be because the battery is getting weak on a couple of my favorite magic bands and that's Ooh. why they're not it's not working like it used to so but yes that one and i think I, i've told this story i don't know if it was on your show or, or somewhere but i told this story how i am positive like 100 positive that pre-pandemic that magic band did not have a special effect at the tap points and then i wore it like back into epcot just within the last year and tapped it 
at the tap point entering Epcot and it did its, it, it makes like a almost little fire effect on the tap point and it says illuminations of earth. And I thought something was wrong. So <laughs> I was like, what happened? What's going, cause I didn't hear what it said. And then the cast member was like, nice. And I was like, what, what happened? I <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't have to go to Disney jail. It's like, like, like I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, you know, having the effect at a tap point, but also like, is it possible that if you say got a special Star Wars Magic Band Plus that somewhere in Batu you'd be able to do something special that other Magic Bands couldn't do? I, I feel like it's something Disney could do to encourage people. Look, oh, if you want to be able to do this special, if you want to have a special force power, you need this particular Magic Band Plus. So I think they'll find ways to encourage people to buy more, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, no, I, I think it's cool. And, and I know you said this last week about the Magic Band Plus. I think this does get us a little step closer to kind of like what the original intent of the interactivity that you're going to get in Batu was. Because I can remember hearing before Black Spire Outpost ever physically came to be that they teased this idea of being able to actually use the force around mm -hmm. Batu and, ha and make things happen. Well, it sounds like Magic Band Plus could absolutely enable something like that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, 1000%. One of the selling points is, I mean, it is going to recognize hand gesture motions and it would be, what's the word I'm looking for? It would be um, um, dumb of me not to think, well, you know, Disney probably saw what they were doing in the wizarding world of Harry Potter and Diagon Alley with their magic special wands where, you know, you can do a crisscross applesauce motion with your $90 wand and like a, a a bucket will shoot um candy out i don't know i've never done that so i'm just speculating that's what it does and then it, hey look if there is a spot in universal where you can swirl a wand around and it shoots candy at you sign me up i'm buying a <laughs> wand yeah honestly that would be probably the most popular spot in all of universal uh resort but it's like like you can't really say if if universal wasn't doing that disney wouldn't be introducing this with magic band plus and i'm not saying that is a slight like um there there will probably be some people be like oh disney's ripping it off it's like if it's a good idea who cares and yeah, and matter. i mean like uh we're gonna be getting hand motion gestures for the fab 50 statues and I'm just glad they're going to be doing something with these statues that they've installed past the 50th anniversary because Steffers brought this up in a previous episode. It's like um, the 50th anniversary celebration only runs through a certain amount of time. Does So what are they going to do once the 50th is done? And it seems like with Magic Band Plus, it's giving these statues, which are really awesome, by the way, it's giving them life past the 50th anniversary celebration. So I, yeah. I think that's cool. Now, granted, it's just going to be like, you know, uh, we saw a video of uh, Jody Benson, the voice of Ariel, uh, uh, getting to quote unquote talk with Sebastian and Flounder. So, you know, it's not like they're going to come to life and do a song and dance. You're going to be able to hear a couple lines from, well, in this instance, we got to hear Sebastian and Flounder do a couple lines from The Little Mermaid. But at the same time, it's 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 something. And, and, and I think that's cool. And I talked... Uh, on social this week, uh, one of the, like, honestly, the biggest selling points for Magic Band Plus for me, the added atmosphere for nighttime spectaculars, because uh, Jay, you and I, we're from East Tennessee. We are uh, born and bred 
in orange and white for the Vol Nation. And this past season, they started implementing some haptic little wristbands for their uh, for their atmosphere, where like part of the uh, part part of the crowd, their arms would start flashing orange, the other would flash white for the entrance, while the team runs through the tee for night games, and that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. They started implementing that into Thompson Bowling Arena when Rick Barnes brings his basketball team onto the court. So if Disney can pull anything half as cool as that off for say like uh, Enchantment or Harmonious in Epcot, where where like it, it's certain music cues or cues in the fireworks, like, like you see a wave of light go across the audience, uh, like huddled around Cinderella's castle, or you can see the the wave of light or or like a rainbow effect go across the world showcase. Like, I think that's gonna be phenomenal. That would be cool. I would be shocked if they would able, I mean, honestly, like you said, it, they're doing it at the Tennessee football game. So it must be possible that based on where you are, your magic band would do something different. So maybe they could do. I was like, going to say, if the university, effect, like, yeah. like, like, like if the university of Tennessee can pull it off, I'm pretty sure freaking Mickey Mouse can pull it off. But, and I say yeah. that as a vol fan. Yeah. But, but it, it probably won't be as intricate as making like designs or something like that around. There'd probably be like waves of color. I could see that happening. It reminds me of, do you remember for a while, um, this was years ago, uh, Disney was selling ears that were called glow with the show ears. And when you would wear them at like a show like Fantasmic or um, I, I guess this was probably during, um, I don't know if it was it, during Wishes time frame or Happily Ever After. But anyways, the ears would actually change colors and do things with the oh, show. Wow. But it seems like that never really took off. Like people did it, but it wasn't like um, it wasn't huge. It wasn't. So I think Disney thought it was going to be like, oh, everybody's going to be wearing these things. And I don't think that ever really happened, but it was a good idea. So it's like bringing that idea back into the magic band. And I, I like that. I like I, I do like that. I, I love a good nighttime spectacular and just adding more ambiance to that is it's going to be cool. Well, and, and like, I I never heard of, of that with the ears, and it is a really cool idea, but I have to question when it was introduced, especially if it was around wishes, I just don't know if the technology was available to really pull it off. And especially now that we have the haptic feedback in the Magic Band Plus, maybe technology has finally caught up to the point. It's like, okay, we can pull this off because I just named Check Tennessee, but other colleges around the nation, they've been able to pull this off too. So, I mean... Again, if 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 a university can pull this off, I'm pretty sure Mickey Mouse and his checkbook, they got the technology to pull this off several times a week and make it look really good. So I'm excited for this. But again, we've talked about the Fab 50 statues. We've talked about the nighttime spectaculars. Another one of the selling points is the Star Wars Batu Bounty Hunter game. And we did get to see our first look with a uh, cast member preview uh, during the iridescent evening uh, cast member previews at Hollywood Studios. And um, we got some videos from cast members. Uh, what you do, you go scan in at one point, then you will be getting a hot or cold reading on your magic band. So again, the haptic lights, uh, it'll buzz, let you know. But again, you look at your magic band, lights will let you know again, hot or cold. And then um, uh, this is kind of something that is a little bit disappointing. I said last week, maybe you go and turn it into a cast member who is playing uh, the role of the uh, 
of the local Guildmaster uh, Raga Boo. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, because maybe that would be another fun it, character interaction because I mean, uh, that is kind of the big selling point when you go and build your lightsaber. I mean, yeah, you get a pretty dope ass lightsaber, but the cast member who is who is guiding you through the story and the and, and and the lore of building your lightsaber, the show and the story that he tells, that is part of honestly, like like I, I would put it up there for part of the reason to do the experience. Unfortunately, uh Ragaboo is just a uh screen. So it is uh we have been confirmed it is not a cast member. So uh it's a little bit of a bummer. But it is something that once you get past the $34.99 price point of getting you and your family uh, Magic Band Pluses, that's something you can do on the free when you're in Batu, when you're in Black Spire Outpost. Uh, you can hunt for bounties uh, through the Play Disney Parks app and uh, looks pretty fun. So, you know, I'll definitely check it out the next time I'm down in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love anything uh, added to Batu, and of course, I'm mm -hmm. a big Star Wars nerd. So, I'm definitely going to do this. I, I was a fan of just using the data pad, going around scanning crates. Oh, you yeah. Know, doing all the different things with the data pad. I, I've got all these credits that I've built up from doing Smuggler's Run. And I know, like, I was really hoping there was going to be something like, oh, if you build up this many credits, maybe you can get a pin or something. Like, why not something like that? Something I don't physical know. is a yeah. Like, oh, okay. So, so I know, uh, I know you were very meticulous on one of our trips of scanning the crates to get those credits. And I, I've i said on previous podcasts, you can get like virtual clothes and virtual titles for your avatar. Is there anything past that? Because I've had people reach out and ask me what what you do with those credits. No, that's really it. That's really the only thing that I've seen. Um, just little rewards within the data pad. You know, you can unlock things and it would but honestly like if disney wanted to encourage use of the data pad and the magic band plus within batu i mean even a sticker disney like if i could get a sticker that would show my rank or something like that's the thing that i really wanted because as you as you go through the data pad you know uh if you do a lot of quests for the resistance you do a lot of quests for the first order it kind of moves your status one way or the other mm. and um you 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 get to certain ranks it would be awesome if you could use those credits to get a pin that would show your rank. Like, that would be awesome. I would do something like that. But no, nevertheless, it's all just virtual, like, imaginary things in your phone, um, which is fine. <laughs> but I agree. I, I really hope that the Guildmaster was going to be someone you could interact with. I think one of the coolest characters in Galaxy's Edge is the uh, Junk Collector. When you when you go build your lightsaber, oh, um, so the amazing. story the storyteller that's always so good, and just adding to that would make the you know just add another le level of life to Galaxy's Edge but, world building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but oh well. I mean, it's still it's going to be cool. I was thinking about you know how um, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom the card game has gone oh, away. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I was thinking, you know, you had to interact with real people when you played that game, at least to go get your cards. Um, and then um, there was the Pirates Treasure Game. I can't think Hidden Treasure Game. I can't think of the name of it. But you had to interact with people when you did that, too. I mean, how difficult would that be just to have a person that, you know, they could even be someone who worked in a souvenir shop. But for the day, they are the guild master. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just do something like that. Yeah, it it, it is a little bit, you know. Oh, well, okay, I guess. But again, 
it's another free experience that you can do uh, well free once you get past the magic band plus uh price point and in the video when you turn in your bounty uh the uh guild master does it say well this is your first bounty but if you want to work your way up in the guild you're going to have to find a lot more bounties so it might be another instance of uh jay talking about how you were wavering your loyalty back between the first order and the resistance maybe this is going to be another instance where you can be building up your uh, xp for the lack of a better term using a uh, role-playing uh terminology with another faction within yeah. uh within uh Black Spire Outpost in Bat 2. But, uh, and, and who knows, maybe with the introduction of this, uh, Disney will overhaul what you can do with the credits because uh, I think this is going to see an uptick and a spike in what people are going to be doing and, and using. So maybe Disney will hear those cries and be like, yeah, let's, let's give them a little bit, a, a little something to talk about, uh, so to speak, when it comes to spending uh, your credits. Uh, but yeah, I'm... I'm excited for Magic Band Plus. Okay, Me too. Jay, Jay, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could design a Magic Band Plus, what would it be and why? Now, now this might be one, you're going to say it, and then when we actually get to see all 35 or however many that are being uh, being made available this Wednesday or this week, it, it might be out there because I haven't seen any of them other than the like four or five that they've put forth with the promotional uh, images, but what would it be? My first instinct went to Chewbacca. Mm. I want a Chewbacca Magic Band Plus, and when I tap things, I want it to do a nice Chewbacca growl. That's what I would like to have happen. I'd be a good um, one. Yeah. Um, a Muppets one would be great. Um, and and when I think of that, I would love to have like a Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem uh, Magic Band <laughs> Plus. Um, that would be pretty great. So those are my first two. What about you? Um... I'm not the biggest Monsters, Inc. fan in the world. I mean, I like Monsters, Inc. I want a Mike Wazowski magic band. It's just a green band, and it's his eye. And and when you go to scan it in, it says Mike Wazowski. I think that'd be fun. That would be good. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, that Chewbacca one. That, man, that is a shut up and take my money territory right there uh yeah. i would oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna turn into a magic band plus collector aren't i <laughs> well i mean we're giving disney like ideas to take our money i don't know if that's the best idea i mean to be fair that's nothing new in this podcast in the monorail podcast like like we are nothing but good idea machines uh and and uh spoiler alert i think we throw out a couple good ideas in an upcoming podcast as well we call that a tease in the yes, business sir. stay tuned for the plugs to find out where you can hear those good ideas uh this is a story that i want to talk about because speaking of the monorail this is an attraction that was closed for the entire run of the monorail this is an attraction that has been closed for the entire run of does does disney but ladies and gentlemen we are inching ever closer to the return to the opening of the Walt Disney World Railroad. This week on social media, Disney shared an image of what is said to be the first group of Magic Kingdom cast members beginning their training for the return of the railroad with the quote, our week started off on the right track. Oh my God, these puns, Disney. Uh, our first group of the Magic Kingdom cast members begin training. Oh my God, this hurts. 
the next step in the ongoing process to restore the Walt Disney World Railroad. Welcome aboard and welcome home, engineers. Now, y'all know the railroad had to shut down for some Tronstruction. And we'll piggyback this with our uh, next news story. Uh, Tron uh, light cycle run has been spotted. Uh, the, uh, I guess, track itself, uh, the bikes, for lack of a better term, because you know it's it's Tron. Uh, we've seen them moving and being tested throughout, uh, pretty pretty often on a regular basis at this at this point. Something that I'm looking forward to seeing when I'm down in the Magic Kingdom, we got to see Tron lit up at night. Um, and I think just going by and whether or not you ride Tron Light Cycle Run once it's up and running in Magic Kingdom, I think. I think it's going to be a whole new reason to go visit Tomorrowland. Like, I think Tron Light Cycle Run, especially if they give it the treatment that they've given Spaceship Earth, the good old Epcot ball, if they give it that type of light treatment, I think it's going to be like, hey, let's just go park on a bench and watch Tron light up. And, uh, and, uh, apparently, it's going to have a more dynamic canopy lighting package uh, when it debuts uh, with the riders. So uh, I'm super excited to see, well, I guess Tron all lit up, what it can do once it uh, opens, and then uh, the railroad. Um, I never thought I'd be super excited to get a railroad back, but uh, the railroad is a fun attraction, fun way to get around Walt Disney World. It is. It, it's, I mean, definitely a, I think it's like an anchor attraction in Walt, in, in the Magic Kingdom. I mean, yes. understanding Walt's connection to mm -hmm. transportation and particularly railroads, I think that something major has been missing while it's been gone. So I'm excited that it's coming back. I, I can't wait to ride it again. That'll be a nice way to kind of get a nice breeze and, and relax on a Magic Kingdom afternoon. Um, I think you're right about the Tron light cycle power run. Like even just, I was thinking about it as you were saying it, just visually, it will be cool to see at night. Even if you maybe don't want to necessarily ride the ride, it will kind of draw you over and maybe they do kind of change up the color schemes and lighting patterns and things like that. And that would be a lot of fun too. So man, lots of good things when they, <laughs> it's crazy to think, haven't they been working on Tron for like five years? It feels like, like that, and uh, we still don't have a nailed down open for Tron. Uh, sources indicate that Disney hopes to have it open later this year, but hopes to and will have are two different things. Absolutely. But uh, it's it it's getting closer than it has. But uh, I do think uh, I mean looking at a side by side image of Shanghai Disneyland where uh, where Tron is currently open and what is coming to Magic Kingdom. Uh, the lights aren't exactly the same. Shanghai has a more dynamic, more vibrant light show. Uh, so I do think we will be getting some upgrades to uh, the Magic Kingdom version, even maybe even before it opens. But uh, I do think it is going to be a nighttime destination. Again, even if you don't want to ride it, because uh, I could imagine some people being a little bit hesitant because it uh, looks like it's not going to be for everybody because it... Uh, Honestly, like, I mean, this is this is an attraction that is near 60 miles uh, per hour at the launch sequence. And then uh, so, I mean, this is this is a definitely a 
theme-thrilled roller coaster. So uh, not for the faint of heart, but definitely you can go look at it and your heart can go ooh, and it can go ah. It's pretty. It's pretty. Just even what they show in the article that, that we're re- referencing for today's show, they call it the basic lighting package. I mean... If that's the basic package, I can't wait wait to see the deluxe package. Right, yeah. that's what she said. <laughs> uh, and speaking speaking of Tron, this is a story uh, um, uh, that I'm just now finding. Uh, starting in August, the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company gift shop will be closing for refurbishment as part of the Tron Light Cycle construction. Um, uh, blog Mickey recently reported on a permit for the gift shop that indicates that there is still plenty of work to be done in terms of the ongoing retheming. So due to the closure of the gift shop, um, which also serves as the exit to Space Mountain, a temporary exit for Space Mountain will be implemented and a reopening date for the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company gift shop has not been identified. So uh, this will be one instance where you will not be exiting through the gift shop. So uh, if you and your family want to get on Space Mountain, just uh, FYI, make plans accordingly Question i'm looking at i'm looking at the picture of the of the testing of the tron uh light cycle power run and seeing the dummies on those light cycles i don't know why but it is chilling to look at <laughs> it's just mm, that is that is kind of terrifying really like i said it's not gonna be for everybody buddy not gonna be for everybody they look so lifeless and they're just hanging over their their handlebars it looks like something terrible has happened to all of them. <laughs> and from oh. what I've what from what I've read, uh, Americans being somewhat chunky might lead to uh, some issues that they've had to um, work on. But uh, we'll find oh, wow. out uh, whenever Tron decides to open up. Um, as a follow up to previously mentioned topics, number one, I looked up the Glow with the Show ears, and they actually debuted in 2013 during the Wishes Run. So they did work with Wishes. One of the interesting things about that was they actually also interacted with the Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights at Hollywood Studios. So um, that was 2013. And there's some comments from 2014. I don't think these things lasted very long, but I remember. I mean, like, it's a really great idea, but I mean, like, it's. I had never heard of them until you mentioned them today. Like, it's really, like, again, great idea, but it's a blink and you miss it. Also, that's that's crazy that those Christmas lights were in the parks, I mean, not that long ago. Yeah, I know. It hasn't really, it's really not been that long since. No, they... I mean, it, it's been less than a decade. Yeah. So and then the other thing I was going to tell you, looking at the data pad, first of all, I have 57,500 credits right now. Man, you are credit rich right now. Um, I don't see anything in the app you can use them for anything nothing <laughs> so other than what? as you earn credits it opens up more titles i i don't know if there's anything else you can do with them surely there has to be an update coming right i have no idea Who knows? wow just seems like one of those things maybe there was a plan for them at some point i thought you could buy gear with them but it doesn't look like it i could have you sworn can, at one point y- you, you can you- trade you can trade gear which is something i, I don't think you could do before um so, like, if you get duplicates of things, you can trade with people who maybe have something that you don't have, but I can't see that you can buy things. So, you're saying your credits are as valuable as, like, like, like 
camel bucks or, 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 or Mickey dollars. Basically, it's like Watto said. They're <laughs> imperial credits. They're no good here. We need something more real. Appropriate and well done, by the way. I I, I appreciate the character work. I can tell you've been uh, been working on that. I've never tried to do a Watto. That was my first shot. Well, good job. Good job. Not bad. And speaking of Watto, I've been playing a lot of uh, Lego Skywalker Saga. That is oh. a fun game. Nice. I, I have not tried it at all. I, that's something I need to pick up. Yeah, it's like I had one of those uh, Best Buy gift cards. It's like, this is expiring in 12 minutes. You have to do <laughs> something with it. It's like, oh, oh, okay. And and I heard really good things about it. Uh, I had uh, Eric from Main Street Electrical Arcade on, uh, I guess, a couple months ago talking uh, video games. And he, was, and, and, and he went to bat for... Uh, uh, the Lego Skywalker saga and said how it was a lot of fun. And I was like, okay, well, you play one one Lego game. You played them all. It's like, well, up until this one, I would agree with you. But this this is a lot of fun. And I, I'm i going to echo his. It's like, okay. I'm having a blast playing through all nine episodes. And I'm going to and I'm going to go back and try and get all the unlockables. And they got they got Mando DLC that I paid like oh. like two bucks for. So so I can play as Mando and, and, and he has a little space bassinet with baby Yoda Aww. following him. Yeah, I know. I know. Cute. Exactly. Yeah, you can't play as baby Yoda, but I'm fine with him just hanging hanging out with me. The child. And and, and Ahsoka is is a playable character in that DLC too. That's cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lot of fun. Lot of fun. Um uh, I would put it in my uh running for a uh, game of the year right now. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. High but, praise. High praise. But then again, it's like like uh, everybody else is like Elden Ring, Elden yeah. Ring, and and it's like I I, I I don't like a game that actively is setting out to uh, punish me, <laughs> and and that's what Elden Ring is. Yeah. Tangent number three, ladies and gentlemen, video games with Jay and Land. Love it. Is that going to make the show? Hell yeah, it is. My All auto is impression making is making the show. It nice. absolutely is, and it's going to be a secret sound. It was so good, we're going to hear it twice. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of not bad, um, uh, my my joke of Annette the dinosaur, uh, it's going away because uh, the Carnosaurus, a.k.a. the Jerkosaurus, uh, the star of the flagship ride, question mark. Uh, that's what Blog Mickey is calling it. I would disagree it being a flagship ride in Animal Kingdom. Uh, Jerkosaurus is no longer wearing a tarp, wearing the net. Uh, it is back working. According to reports, now you might remember here recently, uh, we've seen videos of, uh, well, it wearing a net because uh, the dang old dinosaur was, was a veil. Not Can we work. call it a veil? Maybe it was like attending a funeral. It had a veil. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was attending a funeral for all of its dinosaur brethren. Because if you've yeah. ever been on dinosaur, you know that one uh, uh, goofy. Uh, um, scientist uh, thinks you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Yeah, well, he's wearing a veil for your funeral, sucker. Oh, snap. That's dark. Also, I respect uh, I respect that. But uh, yeah, Carnotaurus is apparently back up and running. Um, uh, unfortunately, other animatronics and effects are still broken. Uh, I still go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. Um, this is an attraction that needs a lot of TLC and a lot of uh, updates if Disney is going to keep running it. I understand this attraction has its fans. I'm really not one of them. And I am glad that the Carnotaurus is back up and running because this is the, the star. This is the main attraction of of this ride. But to me, it's like I like 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 
don't half-ass this Disney. Like, like either whole-ass this or just like let let a meteor hit it and do something else with it. I was just thinking it's funny. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of a lot of jokes came to mind as, as you've been talking. <laughs> you mentioned TLC, and I was like, well, you're not chasing waterfalls; you're chasing an iguanodon. That is um, true. That's true. that's <laughs> one thing. But uh, the other thing I was going to say about the Carnotaurus is that it's funny to think that that was the photo, the ride photo spot, because I wonder what people's ride photos look like <laughs> looking at something covered with a tarp. It's like, like what? was it just a confused look like what am I supposed to be afraid? Of it's like, thing? oh, oh, it's like okay. the dinosaur. He's like, I'm going to put on a mask and scare everybody. Boo. I, I'm a ghost. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur ghost. That would be that'd be fun. That's a fun Halloween overlay idea for dinosaur. Just put sheets Perfect. over all, cut yep. holes in uh-huh. the eyes. Yes, I love it. Once again, we're we're just giving Disney great <laughs> ideas. <laughs> um so okay, in the article it says the massive Carnotaurus is the flagship animatronic in the ride. They don't say it's the flagship attraction of Animal Kingdom. Okay, uh, all right. However, I would argue being the fact that you've got a whole land based on dinosaurs, um, it sort of is a bit of a, it would be on the list. If, if you're thinking about the park, you've got Flight of Passage as your avatar, like, you know, icon. Then you've got Everest in Asia. Mm-hmm. You've got Kilimanjaro Safari in Africa. And then dinosaur would be the thing you'd point to on that side of the park, I think. What else would you... You know what I'm saying? Like that, I that guess, to- yeah. I mean, by default, I guess you would have to. But if you're having to clarify it by default, is that a ringing well, endorsement? I agree. But that being the case, I do feel like what you're saying is is absolutely true, is that Disney shouldn't be acting like, like ignoring it, acting like they're just waiting for it to pass away or something. Like, let's invest some money here, Disney. Get this thing back up and go. I actually really enjoy Dinosaur. And part of the reason is it's a ride you can usually queue up for and it doesn't take two hours like Mm -hmm. 20 30 minutes you'll be on the ride um i think it's so sure it's showing its age it's a little rough um but i don't know i i just for me it's one of those that i feel like there are a couple effects on the ride that are still effective and um it's fun enough i like seeing felicia rashad in the pre-show that's fun that that is fun seeing ann perkins which, which is, it always catches me off guard, even though I know it's coming. It's like, okay, I guess uh, I guess she did this before she went up to Pawnee. So yeah, uh, that's true. And and speaking of dinosaur and speaking of Dino Land, we do still have your responses from a couple weeks ago. I still want to read them when yeah. Steppers uh, joins us. Uh, so keep pouring them in until Steppers comes back. Um, but Jay, do you have any ideas what you would do with Dino Land? what you could do to save it or what you would do hit a meteorite wipe the land clean and replace it again i'm putting you on the spot i apologize if 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 you got nothing tell me to cram it in my cram hole and we can move on no i I think it's hard it's hard for me to get past an idea that uh, mckenna had back in the day as part of the monday morning monorail program where uh, she felt like you know you've got this pocahontas meet and greet but there's not really much else going on for Pocahontas. So, I, I mean, I know it's not exotic because here we are, we are in North America, but but why not make a section of the park North America focused? And you could, you know, 
build some rides and attractions and even some interactive exhibits around that. And then Pocahontas could be more of a, uh, a headliner there. I, I know that's a bit of a, an aged property at this point, but really they've never done that much for Pocahontas. And where else, you know, would you really put her? Um, other than Magic Kingdom, of course she would fit in Magic Kingdom. Um, but, you know, um, it's it's a little tough to think about because I've heard the arguments for and against like Zootopia. I, I, and now I'm on the side of I don't think Zootopia necessarily fits in Animal Interesting. Kingdom. Interesting. Um, just because, yeah, I, I don't want to get into it because because I, I think, you know, there there are good arguments on both sides. Mm. You say you don't want to get into it. I'm I, I'm kind of curious about that because Zootopia. It's like without getting into some of the uh, some of the answers we've gotten on social media, the Zootopia idea was one that came up quite a bit. Well, part of the reason I don't want to get too much into it is because I don't think I can speak intelligent intelligently enough to represent the anti um, Zootopia in Animal Kingdom uh, sentiments. I just know that people feel like it's um, somewhat insensitive, and the okay. reason that and the reason that that people say that is because if you've watched Zootopia, then you know that movie is a bit about um, you know stereotyping. Um, yeah, and and there's there's definitely some messages in there about racism and things like that, um, and then like I guess people feel like your Animal Kingdom is really supposed to be about nature and animals, and and this is. Not, it, it is animals, but they're, but but they're telling a different, deeper yeah. story as opposed to, hey, look, it's Jason Bateman is a fox. That, and, it's, yeah, it's a little different. So I don't know. I it, these are murky waters. I don't want to get too deep into them. But I'm just saying, understandable. Like, I, okay. I understand that some people are against that, and so that's why I've backed off of of me saying I feel like Zootopia. I mean, have you have you thought much about what you would put there? Maybe Indiana Jones is that a good fit? That was know. that was that was a thought that I originally threw out, and then Crispy from Crispy's YouTube uh, uh, channel, like I uh, I apparently just straight up. Uh, copy pasted his idea uh, subconsciously. Uh, mm. I I want them to do an Indiana Jones uh, like area. I think that would be cool. It could you could theme it like it's uh, it's an archaeological dig site. Indy yeah. found like some cool uh, new piece of history. Uh, maybe you could tie it to animals uh, finding. Uh, you know, fossils of some sort. You could still tie it to dinosaurs, I guess, because I mean, if if you pay attention yeah. to the attraction in Disneyland, I mean, it does have some quote unquote supernatural elements. I mean, at one point you do come face to face with a, like a big 15, 20 foot cobra thing. So I mean, snakes. yeah, it always has to be snakes, which, which I mean, so maybe that's why it, it is snakes in that instance. But it's like, I, I do think uh, that would, that would be a uh, be a good way to uh, use uh, that area, and also the Indiana Jones property or uh, IP. But then Steffers brought up, well, you already have the Indiana Jones stunt show in uh, Hollywood Studios, so would you really have representation of it in both pro or in both parks? So it's like that's a I think that's a fair question to ask. But it's like maybe if you are going to uh, give Indy his own area in Animal Kingdom. You could maybe then do something with that area in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I like that. 
I know I said I was going to give, uh, uh, we were going to do these answers uh, when Steffers gets back, but there was one answer that I thought really stood out that I want to highlight right now, because when I read this, I hadn't thought of it. And I think it's brilliant. Michael got at us, my thoughts on Dinoland, which has been slightly outdated. I would love to see that converted to a Lion King experience with Pride Rock, the Pride Lands, and maybe something like a spooky ride to do with the hyenas and Scar. Hmm. I like I, that. I think that is a slam dunk winner right there. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I like, like, once again, we're giving out great Disney ideas. We didn't even do that. That was Michael who got at us on Twitter, twitter.com slash does does Disney. Um, I think that is a phenomenal idea and it never crossed my mind. I think like, 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 like it stays with the animal theming. We already have the festival of the lion King show in the theme park of animal kingdom, just right down the road, so to speak, quote unquote, um, you, you got to walk through Asia to get there, but it's like, I think that would, that, is, that would be a phenomenal idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. I think, the location of the Festival of the Lion King is the only thing that makes this a bit tricky because um, you, you don't have the continuous like connection in the park and that would be a little weird. But it is a great idea. I think it fits. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that. And, and the Lion King honestly do doesn't get enough love. Really. Oh, it really doesn't. And and his idea of like, like, like a dark ride with the hyenas and Scar, yeah. that would be cool. That would be fun. I mean, and you like, I mean, you would have to, you would have to take out like all the dinosaurs and stuff, but you already have the skeleton of a dark ride for dinosaur. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and other than the Navi river journey, you don't really have, I mean, cause let's say in this scenario, you're getting rid of dino land, right? Mm -hmm. So that being the case, there wouldn't be as much for kids to do. So you probably have to uh, fill that void with something like a, a nice dark ride that the kids could do and enjoy. Oh, I got it. Timon and Pumbaa spinners, right? <laughs> exactly. Done. I'm a genius. Well, you get to ride on the back of Timon or Pumbaa. You exactly. get to ride on Pumbaa. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And well, you don't have to wear a coconut bra to do it. I mean, it, it it's encouraged, but you don't have to. In fact, I'm wearing a coconut bra right now, so. But 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 the lovely listener can't see that because they're listeners and not viewers. Um, uh, let's 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 jump around a little bit since we're already in the animal kingdom and we're talking about changes. Um, Disney has uh, continued to uh, create new attractions and experiences, and recently uh, started putting forth forth a survey, uh, and it could signal that Disney is looking to bring something new to Disney's Animal Kingdom. And a survey sent out to guests who visited. Animal Kingdom, Disney asked very direct questions about changes at the theme park. Um, uh, that question is, what is your general attitude towards changes at Disney's Animal Kingdom? And your options are, change is good with a few exceptions. Depends on the change, but I like it as long as I still enjoy it. Change is okay, and it doesn't bother me, and I generally don't like change. Wow. The Dillo answer. I was going to say, yeah, like, like, did they send this specifically to Frank and Jen? A known hashtag AK haters. Well, yeah, their answer may be different for AK. That's such a 
That's such a bizarre survey question. It really is. I mean, talk about leading the witness. Holy crap. Uh, then Disney continues. Uh, they ask guests to assign terms to current attractions and experiences. They range from iconic to boring. <laughs> Disney clearly wanted to learn more from what guests think of the current lineup of attractions and experiences and interestingly enough disney also asked guests to note if the attraction or experience was quote unquote insensitive yeah for this part of the survey quote unquote insensitive was described as quote perceived as disrespectful for some of the audience and here are going through iconic to like, okay, it goes iconic, described as a classic. The park would not be the same without this attraction. Personal favorite. My perfect day would definitely include this attraction. Immersive, able to live the story or be absorbed in the environment. Boring, <laughs> uninteresting and feels like a waste of time. Dated, not relevant or in need of refurbishment. Insensitive perceived as disrespectful to some audiences not familiar with this attraction then at that point it goes through all the attractions we're talking all the way from navi river journey all the way down to triceratops spin i want to do this survey for every park that would be interesting it would be very interesting i it's so weird because that there's singling out animal kingdom yeah on, um, I hate to say this because I'm going to sound totally ignorant. I I don't understand, looking at this list, why any of these would be considered insensitive. Yeah, like I'm I'm right there with you, and and maybe maybe we're we're we are being ignorant. If 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 we are missing something that is literally at the tip of our nose, please let us know because I mean like like I'm I am willing to learn. When it comes to something like this, I'm always about bettering myself, and I know Jay is too. I wonder. I wonder. Do you think it's it's this is more along because I feel like Disney does this sort of thing to support decision making and um, new projects, right? It's almost like they're trying to gather some sort of support based on you know building up this data to make a change, and then they want to know what the impact of that's going to be if people are like, well, I don't like change. Or, yeah, it's okay with some exceptions. So, so they can point it, and be like, "Well, we we got the numbers that say, you know, uh, the it's tough to be a bug is is insensitive to bugs, or, or dated, or you know, so, or boring." And then, by the way, eighty percent of the people who answered the survey said they're okay with change. So then, so then they they have um, with yeah, yeah justification. Okay, like. Uh, Looking at this list, the only thing that I can kind of be like, okay, I like maybe like the boneyard, maybe the boneyard, but then again, that's a maybe on the boneyard. And then Disney, uh, Disney specifically asked a follow up question, uh, two responses, at least in Blog Mickey's instance, about the affection section and Rafiki's planet watch slash conservation station. Yeah, it's weird. That I, yeah, that that is now. Now, uh, Blog Mickey does go on to point that uh, D23 Expo is coming up. Maybe, like Jay points out, 
they're looking for stuff to justify change coming down the pike. Uh, they can point to these stats from visitors and they can be like Jay said, 80% of people are okay with change because um, uh, we just talked about how dinosaur is an attraction that is in need of refurbishment. Maybe they can be like, look, 70% uh, of uh, survey people say this is an attraction that needs uh, some love and care uh, and it's outdated. So maybe, maybe they can justify, look, give us, give us like three and a half million dollars and we can make this good. Or, or maybe they can justify and say, Hey, we need to do something with Dino land because Dino land needs something done. Um, because I mean, like, like a uh, primeval world got knocked down and what fall of last year or something. And then, then it's kind of, it, just... it was before that it oh. was like, yeah, it, it, it might've been early in 21. Okay, but but regardless, yeah. it's 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 been a year, and Dinoland, that whole area, just kind of been like, all right, cool, it's 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 there, and that's that's, I mean, it's it's not massive, but it's not an insignificant chunk of land either, right? So, um, wow, I was kind of surprised to see uh, see that whole area, or see that whole survey come out, and uh, some of the terminology like boring being thrown out as one of the options. That's funny to me. <laughs> I, oh my God, this would be, I'm telling you, this would be a fun survey to get for every park because I'm sure that there's some attractions that I would like to roast and give, <laughs> give me like a, give me a free form section so I can explain my answers as well. <laughs> One of those crack your knuckles and be like, how much time do you have and how many characters do I got? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go to town and I'm, I'll probably make it all about the Epcot barges at the end of the day. <laughs> That's my style. That's why Disney stopped sending me surveys. I mm -hmm. think. Oh, I, I I forgot about your war on the barges. How's that going, bud? I'm losing. Yeah, badly. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately. But uh, one war that we're not losing is uh, the war on meet and greets because meet and greets are coming back, and we are here to report that Mirada is now back in the Magic Kingdom. If you are a fan of the star of Disney Pixar's. Uh, Brave, you can now go meet with her. Uh, back in the Magic Kingdom, you can find this meet and greet tucked away to the right of Cinderella's Castle across from Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe near the Cheshire Cafe. Um, uh, I don't know if I've ever done this meet and greet. I haven't either. I know one person who's super excited about this, though, and that's going to be Dr. Jacqueline. Well, absolutely. Merida is a very cool character. And hearing this news, knowing that she's back, I might try and make a point to go get a photo with Merida because um, uh, I've talked about it in previous podcasts, even though it is now an a la carte option. I signed up for the Disney photo pass with my annual pass. And uh, part of the reason is I want to get the photos with all the characters in Merida is an awesome character. So you have several options and times to do it through the morning and the afternoon. We're talking morning. You got nine, nine 45, 10 30 and 11 15 AM. Then in the afternoon after Merida gets a quick, I guess, early lunch, you got noon, 12 45, two, two 45, three 15, three 45, four 15. And then finally at four 45 p.m. Guests can also see Mirada in the Disney Adventure Friends Cavalcade. I'm really looking forward to seeing that cavalcade next time I'm in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's just exciting. It's, you know, like you said, this is just another step back to, you know, getting as close as we can to pre-pandemic experiences in the parks. Um, character interactions are a lot of fun and it's it's nice. I, I hope that some things, like we mentioned um, on uh, on my old show, I hope some things don't, or my new show, I hope some things don't go away, right? Like the character cavalcades that you're talking about in, in all the parks and the, particularly in, in Animal Kingdom. Like, let's just, let's add more fun things and not necessarily, you know, remove mm-hmm. things. Yeah, just because we're getting back to quote unquote the way things were. Yeah, so very exciting. I I love a good character meet and greet. I love pictures as well. So I, and like I said, I've never, never met Merida and I, I think that would be a fun time. She seems like a fun interaction. She does. Everything I've seen on social, she does seem like one of the more fun character interactions. She's definitely no Kylo Ren where you just like feel completely awkward and be like, man, I want to be literally anywhere else in the world. Is there is there like volunteer uh, dental surgery I can sign up for right now as right. opposed to meeting with Kylo Ren? Yeah. I that know, was that's... that was an awful character meeting <sighs> greet. That was something. You know, that would be a fun project, like like a, a, a checklist of all the character meet and greets. I don't think you could pull it off in one trip or it'd have to be a very long trip, but I think that would be really cool to pull off. Yeah, I wonder if anyone's tried to do that. Oh, I'm like, sure somebody to, has, but... A checklist of all possible meet and greets. Like, and like, then, uh, like, of course, you have to take out, like, the seasonal yeah, exclusives yeah. And, 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 yeah. And, and the ones locked behind, like, the Mickey's not-so-scary stuff. Take those off the table. But yeah. but but the ones that are there, like, if you just went down, uh, you know, going up on, on a, a Tuesday. Tuesday uh, well, and then mm, mm, being able to park hop. Mm. That would make it more challenging. Yes, um, yes. Because mm. you could only really get into it after two. Yeah. But um, I think it's possible that it'd be fun to try yeah it, being that the meet and greets might be like you had a you had a schedule there for merida um ha, if you had to time them out so that you were in the parks at the right time to see certain characters that might make it a little harder but yeah this is like a whole new parkeology challenge let's see somebody do it i mean like like I'm not a local, but but if I knew somebody who well well no you have a real job so so you can't do that. <laughs> Just tell your boss I'm gonna go hang out with Stitch and Snow yeah. White and Aladdin and Jasmine. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, should be an acceptable excuse. <laughs> And then finally, just one last update to uh, our lead story from last week. Uh, If you wanted to see the remains of the uh, Tower of Terror billboard in uh, World Drive, I have bad news for you. It is now gone and they have made way for the next project where uh, it is going to be landscaping. So it's not being replaced with a cool billboard to advertise for Galaxy's Edge or Slinky Dog's uh, roller coaster, or even uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Just some dang old landscaping. How exciting. Yep. Interactive landscaping. <laughs> yes, and, Why by, would... and by interactive, you can pull over and run through the bushes and then run away from Disney security because you're not supposed to pull over and stop your car on World Drive. So. I really did enjoy that billboard. That was so cool. I, I mean, it's like, well, like I talked last week, it's like, it's like I didn't 
have as hot takes as some people had last week, but it was still cool. It was still cool. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, I think this probably came down to the fact that maybe they just couldn't keep that, you know, the elevator moving. Maybe it was a bigger maintenance project than, mm-hmm. than it, they ever wanted. They didn't want to dump money into to a billboard. So they're just like, eh, tear it down. Well, honestly, that, that sucks. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, I kind of hope that all that's all it is. I hope this isn't a sign of things to come for uh, for the Tower of Terror, because you do have to remember it is tied to an IP that Disney does not own in the uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah. And that's true. Thankfully, uh, whoever, I think it's CBS owns uh, the uh, uh, the Twilight Zone IP. Thankfully, at this point, everybody's been playing friendly, but this is this is a uh, profit deal, this whole thing. And uh, I'm just afraid at some point push is going to come to shove and uh, somebody is going to walk away from the table unhappy. And uh, the real loser is going to be us, the fans of yeah. the Tower of Terror. I hope that's not true. I, I hope this is just a, yeah, that was an old billboard. We don't want to mess with it anymore. But but you're right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I, I honestly think it is a situation like that. Like, I'm like, I don't even like, forgive me for even speaking that and putting it out into the universe. Uh, <laughs> strike that from the record. Editor, take that part out of the <laughs> podcast. Wait, no, I, I, I know I know the person who edits this podcast. He's definitely not going to do that. So, um, uh, yeah, that's all the Disney news we got. But I did want to talk about some of the responses that we got on the social medias talking about um, uh, nostalgia in Disney and if it's waning for you and if nostalgia really matters for you in the Disney park. Um, we already talked about his answer for what he would do with Dino Land. Uh, we're going to go back to Michael. Michael says, nostalgia for me, nostalgia lives in my heart and things always change. They always get bigger and they always get better. Nostalgia for me is personal. It's not the place. It's the experience that I had in that moment. Hmm. That is a very healthy way to look at nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Michael killing it on the bird app this week. Great job, Michael. Number one fan of the show, Donna. We love Donna on Does Does Disney. Donna says, hi, Landon. Good to hear you. I do love the nostalgia at Disneyland and Walt Disney World, but sometimes nostalgia has to make way for new experiences. I love that they do leave some old fun and mix it in with the new. Another very healthy way to look at nostalgia. Nostalgia can't drive your life. Dillos, I'm looking at you. (laughs) And then finally, we got Kelly weighing in. Definitely losing lots of nostalgia for me. I just want to grab a late dinner at the Electric Umbrella, grab a cold Carlsbad in Norway, and watch Illuminations after a long day in the parks. But seriously, so many changes at once really stinks. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Because I think that one thing that Disney has always had over the park down the road universal has been the fact that they have had this and i what i would call generational nostalgia um in the parks where it's not just in in the grandparents it's in the parents it's in the kids like it's passed down i had this experience here you can have this experience here we Mm -hmm. can share it together um and i and i i do think disney has somewhat lowered in their in their mind um the value of maintaining that in the parks um, which which is 
interesting. I mean, I agree that you do have to make way for new experiences, update things, you know, and, and move forward. But at the same time, don't think that you just, you know, cut off your nose to, to spite your face, you know. Um, so you got to keep some of that there. And I, I, I hope that they find ways to continue to to at least honor the history and nostalgia of the parks while they're making the changes and sometimes they don't necessarily do a great job of that and that's what that's what sometimes i think hurts people's feelings a little bit in in terms of the nostalgia experience but um like i don't know i it's i don't know what i would do if i was a disney executive and and i'm thinking about like updating experiences and and you know trying to make it fresh and new and appealing to the modern audience and all that sort of thing and and still you know honoring those people who you know came to the parks for the last 50 years but you know even walt disney himself said that uh, his parks should well the magic kingdom specifically at disneyland um would would not be a museum right it would always be changing mm-hmm. um so you know i think if we're honoring that that vision then we have to move keep moving forward to quote another disney property <laughs> And it is definitely a fine line you have to dance. And I do understand people that do feel like they are losing that nostalgic feel with Disney. And I think I, I, I think you laid it out very nicely talking about how it's a generational nostalgia thing that you inherit. Like, like your parents inherited it from their parents and you inherited it from your parents and your kids will inherit it from you and then god willing your kids kids will inherit it from them and with some of the changes that disney has made here recently it's kind of removing those train tracks that that train has just been chug-a-lug 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 moving down the track for decades at this point and i think kelly makes a good point it's not only the changes that they've been making it's a lot of changes at once. So it's like, just as you're accepting one change, here comes another one. And then here comes another one and another and another and another. Man, this DJ is very- DJ Khaled. I was going to say, this is a very hip hop driven episode and I love it. Um, But uh, but on, on on the flip side, like you said, Walt said, it's like his 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 parks, they're not museums. They're always going to be changing. They're They're- he wanted to give his customers the best experience that they can. And sometimes, I mean, new technology is going to come out. It's like, I mean, could you, could you, uh, like Walt could not have imagined trackless rides. And now it's like you get on something like, uh, like rise of the resistance. You get on something like Mickey and Minnie's, uh, runaway railway. And it's like, this is like, like the technology on this thing is, is, is phenomenal. And I mean, you do kind of have to change with the times. It's like, I mean, uh, the Tron uh, cycle, that, that even though it's, 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 you know, an attraction that's coming from Shanghai, it's like, that is, that is going to be a phenomenal feat. Uh, everything I hear about Guardians, I mean, uh, that seems like a top-notch, must-do flagship attraction for Walt mm-hmm. Disney World. So it's like, I mean, you do kind of have to change with the time, but I also understand people feeling that Disney isn't hitting those same buttons that it did back in the day. Yeah. Much like you, I don't know what I would do if I was a Disney executive other than maybe take away uh, park reservations. That That is what I would do on day one of the Dawes regime when Dawes wow. takes over Disney, when Dawes really does do Disney. I vote for you. Hell yeah, right you now. would, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You, uh, once again, you can be my right-hand man. So, uh, <laughs> but... um. 
Once again, best fans in the podcasting game. I thank y'all for uh, weighing in on the social media. Feel free, like any Disney thought, um, at Dawes Does Disney on Twitter. What would be your Magic Band Plus design if uh, if Disney came to you, gave you the pen, gave you the uh, printer, and said, all right, go to town. What would it be and why? I want to hear what yours would be. So, uh, yeah, that uh, feels like a podcast. And, uh, buddy, once again, thank you for uh, joining me on this episode of Daz Does Disney. But the good news is, if the lovely listener enjoyed hearing us again, tag team, and if you will, this isn't going to be the only opportunity that they have to hear us going forward because uh, I guess this is the grand announcement grand reveal that you justin monorail are getting back in the podcasting game it's true i mean i have created uh quote unquote quietly a a twitter account for the new podcast just to start to get some you know some of the the feelers out there and, and find out who might be interested in listening to such a show but i am very excited to officially announce right here on dawes does disney that I will be launching a brand new podcast on Friday, August the 5th called The Passholder Lounge. And Landon, I I am happy to be here. I'm, I want to thank you for being part of my first couple of shows. I'm, I'm excited for people to hear it and experience it and join the lounge. It's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I hope people give it a, a, a listen. And uh, please let me know what you think. If you want to follow me on Twitter... Um, or at least follow the Passholder Lounge. Let's start with that. That's at the PHL Lounge. You can follow me there. And it, it sounds like it's going to be a Philadelphia-based podcast, and it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the spinoff, right? Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. It's at the PHL Pod. See, I'm new. To, I'm so. New I was to gonna say that didn't sound right, man. It's really bad when even I know your pod better, your your pod Twitter better than you do. I and know. I'm normally the one that totally jacks that stuff up. I know. I don't know anything, but yeah, at the PHL Pod. If you want to follow for all the updates and make sure you don't miss, because you know when you first launch a podcast, sometimes it takes some time for it to matriculate all the way to Apple Pod and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So if you want to you want to get your ears on it day one, make sure you're following that Twitter, um, and I'll definitely be linking it there. If you want to follow me personally, I'm at Justin underscore monorail. Are you sure you got that one right? That one's correct. Okay. But I also had to check it because it's changed a few <laughs> times over the years as well. Okay, Friday, August 5th, the launch of the Pass Holder Lounge. Now, that's right. Now that's a Friday. Is that going to be the day that you post new episodes? It will be. Yeah, I was thinking this being a show where uh, we're going to have a few drinks while we record and a little more loose, a little more laid back. Feels like a weekend show. So Friday will be the day the podcast drops. Plus, I think at least right now, I can't think off the top of my head of any of my friends who release shows on Friday. And I'm trying not to step on any toes. So. That's that's where I landed. That. Appreciate that. So if you're a fan of this podcast, you're going to be a fan of Jay's podcast, The Pass Holder Lounge. What better way to kick your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news with Daz Does Disney and then cap your work week off the right way with The Pass Holder Lounge with a little bit of Dillo's Diz mixed in with a little bit of Adventures with Steffers mixed in as well and so many 
other amazing creators out there. Man, we yeah. out there, we killing it, man. I will say, if you're part of this sort of network of podcasts, you like listening to uh, Dawes Does Disney, you were maybe a fan of the Morning Monorail in the past, you listen to Adventures with Steffers, maybe you like shows like Hyperion Adventures. Yes, I knew I was forgetting somebody. Don't they drop on Wednesdays? They're Monday, or Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sundays, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah, Sundays. Drop- uh, <laughs> uh, it, maybe you listen to part of our world podcast in the past. Maybe you listen to, you know, th- there's so many. You mentioned Dill's Diz. I know I'm forgetting several, but I, um, I feel terrible because I know I'm forgetting amazing podcasts that we are friends yeah. with those creators. Main Street Magic. Yes. I'm mentioning, I'm mentioning all of these because Rhonda just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Rhonda. That's right. Um, and I'm mentioning all these people because you may just find yourself hearing all these familiar voices showing up in the Passholder Lounge. So keep your ears open and your eyes on those social feeds. So what you're saying is the Passholder Lounge is almost like the all-star game of these creators. Yeah, kind of, kind of. It's 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 more of like a gathering spot. Just as Nomad Lounge is a gathering spot for Imagineers, the Passholder pass Lounge is a gathering spot for all of my Disney creators and and other people who are theme park enthusiasts and and just love getting together and and uh, relax and having a good time talking about things we're passionate about. Um, it's a spot that welcomes all comers. So I'm looking forward to the launch. I hope everybody enjoys the show. Everybody should be looking forward to the launch of the show. Uh, it is going to be phenomenal. We uh, I've I've been fortunate enough to be a part of some of the episodes Jay already has in the can. Um, uh, cannot wait for them to be released in the public because I had a blast recording them, not only for the content, because I think the content we brought per usual, phenomenal, sure. but it was also just fun podcasting with my brother from another mother, my man, Justin Monroe, my right hand man, as we've established several times on this podcast. Once again, man, thank you so much for joining me today. It was awesome. happy to do it. Thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, follow Steffers. On the Twitter, twitter.com slash AsianZing95. Jay, while you're here, let's make fun of Steffer's uh, Twitter handle. What is up with that? I've I've been saying it for years. It's, what is it's, up with it? It's that? like my least favorite sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings. And and she dedicated her entire Twitter presence <laughs> to it. Yeah. Like 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 Steffer's. You you there was there was apparently a meeting for Steffer's and and that is what they landed on. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, uh and be sure to uh, follow her podcast, Adventures with Steffers, in the iTunes Store, on Spotify, wherever you get your fine podcasts. Um, uh, she's going to be heading down to Orlando, Florida, for uh, LeakyCon. Uh, no, that is not a convention of people within continents. That is a uh, convention for Harry Potter, and she has media for that. So I know she's going to be cranking out all the content. Follow her on uh, Twitter with her hilarious Twitter handle, and more importantly, probably on her Instagram, Adventures with Steffers. Honestly, Adventures with Steffers everywhere else on the social other than Twitter to get the updates with that. And she's going to be in Epcot uh, to get that Caramel Corn and Ride Guardians of the Galaxy. And we're going to see if she uh, upchucks after riding Guardians. So uh, that right there is reason enough to follow Steffers. But uh, also follow me on the bird app at uh, twitter.com. L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where you can follow me, 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt.
and much. That's where you can find really outdated podcasts of uh, stuff that myself and other voices, namely Justin Monorail, have appeared on uh, near fall radio. That's a podcast on the sweet science of professional wrestling. Uh, um, uh, also did some stuff on Marvel comic movies, Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk. Um, uh, interviews with the cast of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Venture Brothers, Futurama, some other stuff I did in my college radio. By the way, speaking of professional wrestling, Vince McMahon out in the WWE, and and this this is not like a like a storyline thing. Like like he gone, ladies and gentlemen. He gone. He gone. He, Tell he gone. I mean, like like that's like 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 I'm 37 years old. My entire life, Vince McMahon has been running the WWF slash WWE. So this is. I mean, granted, he didn't just decide to step down because, you know, out of the goodness of his heart, there's some other extenuating circumstances. Uh, the World Wall Street Journal has that well covered, and uh, they have done a much better job than I could explain. So go and read that stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, interesting happenings going on in the uh, world of professional wrestling. So uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that uh, that feels like a podcast. Steffers, any thoughts before we hit the dough? Crap, she's not with me again. Jay, any final thoughts before we hit the dough? I guess in honor of Steffers, um, E.T. forever. <laughs> so is this like one of those things like, like you see the meme, it's like, mom, I want a Steffers. And then mom responds, we have a Steffers at home. And then, and then it cuts to you. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Although, um, if I was a sauce from Buffalo Wild Wings, I'd be honey barbecue. Ooh, that's a good one. That's I a good know. one. Uh, I would be... Hmm, what would I be? Garlic Parmesan. <laughs> no, I no, mean, no. I would be Jean Parmesan. You might be a dry rub. A Chipotle dry rub. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I only dry rub... Uh, anyway, thank a cast member. Thank a team member. Disney and Universal, pay your cast members and pay your team members a living wage. We love coming down to your parks. We tolerate spending all of our money down there while we're there. But if it wasn't for them, none of the magic would happen. They make this thing work. So give them what they deserve. Give them what they deserve and more. And be decent to each other. You don't know what's going on out there. You don't know what everybody else is going through. You don't know how far a kind word or a kind gesture will go. And on top of that, kind words, generally, they're free. So don't be stingy with them. Throw them out there, y'all. And uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. Your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Sometimes it might be even more important than your physical health. So much negativity out there, you guys. So protect yourself and take care of yourself. So for an absent Steffers, and for my right-hand man, Justin Monorail, whoop, whoop. so good to do it with you again, my friend. Look forward to doing it in the future. Yes, sir. My name is Landon Doe. We thank you for joining us on another episode of Dawes Does Disney. Y'all have been great. We've been Dawes Does Disney.
stay tuned for the secret sound, you Jedi scum. Exactly. We can get two birds stoned at once. So I'm going to be that guy in the park who's wearing his Apple Watch, his Magic Band Plus, and his regular Magic Band. So, you know, <laughs> well, I'm going to be looking need... good. Okay, you will. You're, you'll look like this is a it's like the new version of an emo kid with all your bracelets. <laughs> and I'm going to be bringing back slap bracelets, too. Yeah, my mom just texted me. People have sighted a big black bear at Colonies and Farragut. Just be nice. careful when outside with Zoe. Phenomenal. Uh, black bears aren't going to hurt anybody. Basically, it's like Watto said. They're imperial credits. They're no good here. We need something more real. In fact, I'm wearing a coconut bra right now. So dated. Not representative or need or in need. Uh. I'm gonna do another take on that one. Sorry about the delay. Had to uh, take Zoe out on a walk, and hopefully she would poops. Spoiler alert: she didn't. So oh. you know, yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's still yet to uh, move that pound of uh, pork tenderloin. So you know, <laughs> uh, UA is wearing her uh, harness like Andre the Giant right now. <laughs> there we go we fixed it does anybody you're, want a peanut you're good you're all good she's been patiently laying here on the futon while we record yeah like i'm like like zoe's been hanging out in like the 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 kitchen nook is that what it's called sure yeah uh, she uh, that's where that's where her dog bed is so whenever i'm recording that's where she hangs out so it's like i'm not nearly as worried when i can see her yeah. So like when, when I can see her, I know she's not painting my carpet or walls with her. Right. So, yeah. yeah. That's the good part. Yeah. As sure. soon as, as soon as she wanders out of sight, I'm like, Oh God, what is she doing? More importantly, follow her podcast edit adventures with Steffers, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, available in iTunes, Spotify and other places. I'm sure. Oh. Mm, okay. There's a fun edit point. Mm. and uh be sure and <laughs> i'm good at this i like waving to imaginary people that can't see me <laughs> oh it's well fun. well once i mean i i've taken my pants off so you know <laughs> again so i wanted to tell you something i forgot because i don't know why i didn't mention it in, in preparation of our recording yesterday i watched the big lebowski <laughs> that's what i like I watched it right up until time to record. That's how I prep for my podcasts. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, that preparation abides. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if that's the vibe that I'm giving off at this point in my life, I'm A-OK with that. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. I don't want to waste any more of your time. So why don't we just go ahead and get into it? Yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was love of the mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia 
or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything. I've just always wanted to say that. Thank you.